Welcome back to Pocket Talk, the uh, Pocket Talk Festival's podcast where we celebrate the human experience through the intersection of sports innovation and culture. I got William Labanowski with uh, Wager Lab. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm, my name is William Labanowski and I am the founder of Wager Lab. We're a social wagering technology platform. And yeah, excited to tell you more. So like, you can't just like yeah. leave it at that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I got dressed yeah. up for this there one. You uh, yeah, the other ones I was pretty sloppy. So, so tell me more. Yeah, sure. So uh, essentially we operate our own app, which is a peer-to-peer sports betting app. And so the idea is that, you know, right now, uh, if you want to go and, and bet on something, you've got to go bet at a sports book. You're betting against that sports book. But actually there's more uh, social betters in the U.S. than there are people betting with sports books, i.e. there's more people betting in the U.S. with their friends and family than with sports books or even bookies. Uh, and so we've created this, uh, this social peer-to-peer betting app where you can go and place bets with your friends, keep track of the results. We don't require deposits or facilitate cash transactions, which means we can offer it in all 50 states. And then on top of that, we take uh, the technology that we've built, which is related to peer-to-peer sports betting, uh, betting pools, and free-to-play betting. And we offer that to other companies that can offer betting opportunities related to whatever their products or services are. Got it. All right. And so do you, uh, is, do you find that people bet on a particular sport more or a particular prop bet more? What, what, do you, what are the trends so far? Definitely. Uh, so the biggest trend I would say is that NFL is by far the most popular sport for people to bet on. Really? Um, I was expecting, you know, football might be a bit more popular, but overall they're like, you know, depending on which season, there's not too much variance, but there's actually a very high level of variance. And as we kind of like dug deeper into that, mm-hmm. we actually found that there's certainly correlations. So for example, we found NFL bettors overwhelmingly will are interested in betting on the Kentucky Derby and certain other sort of like trends within right. the space. And so it is sort of like a bit of a cyclical space, uh, but at the same time, there's like pretty much any weekend, there's like something you can go and bet on. And yeah. so, uh, regardless of what time of year, there's always something you can kind of get some action on. Wait, so like, do you feel like you've like cracked the code a little bit that like, you know, all right, if, if I get an NFL guy, I can entice him with the, you know, a Kentucky Derby. I mean, this is like, yeah, you don't yeah. have to you give away all your secrets, but <laughs> what, do you feel like you have something a little bit different than what a sports book might have? Well, that's definitely the case. In terms of cracking the code on the data, there's just so, you know, we've got a, a nice data set to kind of look and go off of, but, uh, you know, the big players are working with much larger data sets and they've got a lot more at their disposal. So I'm sure they've uncovered a lot of uh, different trends and ideas that, that we haven't even come close to yet. Uh, having said that, I think we, yeah, we definitely do offer a very different experience from a sports book. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, we cater more to sort of casual and social betters. Um, our app is generally a lot easier to use and kind of user friendly. Um, whereas, you know, you go on a sports book and you're going to be hit with a bunch of numbers. Uh, and it's, uh, it can be a little daunting to pick up. We're like very hyper-focused on making it easy to use, um, regardless of your experience level. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that too, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're, our system is, is for social betting, not sort of like real money wagering. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we want to be a vi- be an app that anyone, regardless of what state they live in, you can download and compete with your friends. And so... Uh, as a result of that, you know, you don't need, you don't go in like place deposits and it, there isn't this sort of like money centric approach to betting yeah. that you'd experience at a sports book. And so instead we sort of will track your balances with each friend, but then it's up to you and that friend to determine what that means. Are you playing for bragging rights? Do you want to go and settle up for through some other means? It's sort of like up to you and them to decide what that, that represents. We're more of uh, in that regard, like a tracking tool, sort of like a, yeah a fantasy football platform where we provide like the game and the means to compete. And it's kind of up to you to determine what it means to win or lose. So, so do you, okay. There's a lot of threads to pull here, but like the one that comes to mind most, and and I hope this isn't accusatory, but like, do you feel like you're a gateway drug? (laughs) Funny you say that. No, I, in a way. Yeah. Like (laughs) we probably are a bit of a gateway drug, but at the same time, I think like, 
there's, if, if you even just look at the existing market of betting right now, there's sort of like all these people betting on sports and then all these people betting just with their friends, whether it's on sports, you know, through a sports book like this other crowd or, or not. And so we're really just sort of, you know, our main aim is to take that, make it fun um, and make it easy. And I think like overall, it's safer to bet with your friends than it is to bet with the sports book. If you go yeah. and you know, take out a big loan to go and play some massive bet with the sports book. You know, you've got to, you've got to pay them. Like there's no, you have to, you have to prepay yeah. all of your bets and, and they're, no they're going to nothing. collect their money. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> there's no double or nothing. You're betting with your friend. Your friend's not going to let you, you know, go into poverty or, you know, mess up your life in any way, <laughs> just betting with them. So like overall, I would say like, Social betting really is a safer form of betting. Yeah. And while there certainly are a number of our users that sort of like use social betting as a way to like try out betting before kind of like uh, before approaching that in a more serious mm -hmm. manner, I think like that's really not the overall goal of our platform. Right. I guess the flip side is that like, I mean, this happened to me early on. I can't remember what the site was, but it was like you could, you get 10 cents and you can bet. And then if you get to a dollar, they'll actually send you the money or something like that. Uh, and I realized I'm just very bad at betting. And, and this is like, just not for me. So conversely, you could argue that, Hey, no, you're convincing people that look, betting is not for you. Uh, it's just, you know, keep it social. Right. Very and you can learn those lessons without having to, you know, risk your hard earned money. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you, you've had a lot of personal experience with this. Uh, is there, I mean, one, is that true? I, which I assume so. And then and two, if it is, what's, what's the bet that kind of stands out most in your mind? Oh man. I, uh, I would say I, I, I do bet. I'm actually like not like a super hardcore better. I, I like, uh, you know, I'm very, very bad at it. And so that usually sort of like keeps me away from doing it too much. But and you yeah. like money. Yeah. We've got Mar <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've got like March Madness going on right now. So that's always definitely a fun time to, to mm -hmm. uh, throw some bets out. And, uh, but in terms of sort of like what, you know, some specific bets in the past that have stood out, it's probably two. So one, it's not really a single bet, but a series of bets. I, uh, for my bachelor party, I did sort of like, my dream had always been to be like in Vegas for that first weekend of March Madness when uh -huh. it's just like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, nothing but games. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so I went and did that and I thought, oh, well, this is gonna be my opportunity to actually have some luck. It's sort of like, it's mm -hmm. a trip kind of around me. It's like my bachelor party, uh, you know, I'm gonna put some bets down. And so I think over that weekend, I put a total of 13 bets down and I went one in 12 on them. <laughs> so that what, was What rough. kind of bets? They were just all on, on the games. It was, you know. But like with a, with a line just, uh, just the against spread, the spread? Just okay. betting, just you know, these were all 50-50 bets. Wow. So the fact that, um, it's, it's, the fact that I went one in 12 is definitely a testament to my just complete <laughs> yeah. inability. Like you'd rather be the house uh, versus, yeah, <laughs> better. Okay. Uh, so, so is there, but like with your friends, I mean, mm -hmm. is there outside of money, right? Yep. What, what is, and, and maybe bragging rights, what have been kind of some fun bets that y'all have had? Yeah, I think, uh, one that actually that stands out to me is so to give you a little context, like I've come from a family of five boys and we just like constantly throwing out these like little side bets on pretty much anything right. uh, with one another. And, uh, I remember like one of the things that, that sort of kickstarted my interest in, in starting wager lab was, uh, I was with one of my older siblings and a couple of my nephews and uh, we were playing putt putt and we just got to the point where we were just like betting on like every shot, every hole, just putting yeah. all these little side bets down. And at the end of it, we were trying to figure out, okay, who owes who what? Okay, we had done some sports betting before then, yeah, the last couple of days, okay, like how does that factor in? How do we like add everything up? And it, we just like, you know, there was no easy way for us to like, just like tally everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, that had kind of happened to us before. And really what it did was it just sort of took away the fun of everything because right. like if no one's going to pay up or no one actually knows who's winning and There's who's no losing. consequences. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, exactly. It's like, that's, that's kind of the fun of it. And so, uh, that really, you know, did stand out to me and, uh, you know, number one of like that sort of like frustration, but also the fact that like we're sitting here, Hey, just having a friendly game of putt putt with the kids 
and uh, we're just like betting on every single every single shot. And yeah. So, so yeah, that that ultimately kind of uh, is what got me started on this. So there hasn't been any like weird tattoos or <laughs> uh, like you have to dress up in a certain way. Nothing quite like that. We I, we did do a last place punishment in my fantasy football league this year. Luckily, I didn't lose uh, because the punishment was uh, the loser has to go to a waffle house and spend 24 hours inside of it. <laughs> but for every waffle that they consume, that reduces an hour. Okay. How big? Uh, I haven't been to Waffle House in ages. Like, is there a size, like a, a regular? Okay. Yeah, they're, they're pretty, um, they're pretty, you know, sizable. They're not tiny, but they're not... Um, you know, so big to where you're only going to eat one or two. Yeah. You know, we haven't done it quite yet, so <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. But my guess is that whoever, or the, the loser, I can't remember who it was, but they uh, will probably spend them, at least a good five hours in, in, inside Waffle House. That's, yeah. Well, that could, that could be fun, though. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not way. going. I'll, right. I'll observe from a distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, okay, and this, this might sound like a stupid question, but I, I really am curious about your approach to this, which is like, what about sports betting makes it so fun, so entertaining, so engaging? I think it really just kind of boils down to the fact that anything's more fun when you have like a personal interest invested into it, when you've got some skin in the game. Mm -hmm. And so like, I, I think that's really just sort of like a universal fact, you know, whether you're betting on sports or whether you're betting on, you know, who's going to win the, you know, if you're going to sink your next putt putt golf shot, um, the, uh, like that sort of universal fact really is perfect for sports because sports are like quantitative. You're on a side, there's two sides competing against each other. So it really just fits perfectly into sports. Right. Um, and so, so yeah. And, and I, I think there's a lot of, lot of um, companies that are realizing that some people are interested in this, but there is that monetary aspect to it. Uh, which is a detractor, you know, the, I, it's fun to have kind of some skin in the game, but if you, uh, uh, you know, have to like risk a bunch of money that you don't want to risk in order to do so, then that's not as appealing. And so yeah. you also kind of see a lot of these more like free to play type systems and other variants on that traditional format of sports betting uh, that, that really kind of, you know, help make it all, you know, as an entire ecosystem, like really just like a tool for fan engagement. Yeah. And so, so, I guess the, the the human psychology, which you kind of touched on, right? Uh, and and I'm not going to pretend like I know a lot, but I remember reading a little um, was it Danny Kahneman, where he's like describes the the ability, like the human mind uh, feels a loss like two x the amount uh, uh, than a win versus you know instead of a win. So do you find that like people who lose on on the app or lose in bets? come back more because they want to, they feel it that much more. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I haven't really actually observed any like specific trends related to that. I will say that you see a lot of sort of like repeat, like people like, like betting and then coming back and betting more and betting more consistently when they're doing so in like more of like a, uh, a single player system. So like a free to play system or like a standard sports book type of model where it's like, you're betting solo against an entity like the house. Mm -hmm. um, when you're betting with like a friend, there's like a, both a loser and a winner and both of those folks can propose a bet to the other. And so the winner wins and thinks like, oh, I just won, like I'm gonna keep betting with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the loser, it's that same kind of psychology that's like, well, I lost, well, I need to make this up. I need to, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so it really can kind of go both ways. But I find that it going both ways applies a bit more, at least from what I've observed, uh, on kind of the social side. Whereas you're exactly right, the psychology on the uh, on the sort of like single player solo side is a little more tilted towards when you lose. That's when people kind of like want to bet more. Yeah. The the, the, the other kind of interesting thing, I think there's some some psychology based around this is like people who you'll win, but you don't feel like you've won enough. And so they'll, they'll increase their stake as they're winning. Mm -hmm. And uh, then as a result, they go and lose their next one. Now they're down, you know, uh, as, as a whole, or they've sort of like lost all those kind of like incremental smaller wins they've made. And it's, yeah. it's, a, psycho it's a psychological aspect of like casinos or sports books that definitely plays in their favor. Yeah. So are you, I guess to that end, 
uh, are you allowing for people to kind of bet in game or just constantly continuously like you can bet at any point in any game so right we're, that's actually something like we're about to roll out right now uh, we're kind of like in in uh that's in the works mm -hmm. the one of the tricky parts there is just the data and making sure that you sort of have all the data in place and the second part when you're doing it peer to peer is okay well, I'm proposing a bet to you, but the odds could change in 30 seconds. Yeah. But you have to accept that bet from me. So like making, trying to coordinate all of that in 30 seconds is really difficult. And uh, you know, to just maintain both parties' attention uh, in that specific time frame. So uh, in order to kind of get around that, I think like what we're, we're looking at is, okay, what if you had some sort of agreement with certain friends of yours that's like, hey, all accept up to this many bets you know, as long as they're this type of bed, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then when you sort of have like an ongoing agreement like that in place, then these sort of like, you know, quick real time live bets really yeah. become more of a possibility. Yeah. So uh, you, you mentioned this and it, and it sounds like the, the last two responses you had kind of tie in that like as when someone gets on the app and starts betting, it's like they're pretty consistent about coming back, right? Whether they win or lose, apparently. What about that is so enticing? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think at least from what we offer, it really has to do with like the social aspect of everything. If like your friend is challenging you on something and like he's on the platform, you're on the platform, and like you have this bet and then you see it play out. It's just sort of like natural. Oh, well, I, I can go like send him some more. And so uh, there's definitely this sort of like uh, network effect right. um, to it. And so I think, uh, yeah, that, that definitely plays a lot of a role. Uh, plays a big role in like the, the user retention rates that, that we see. Uh, but there's definitely a lot of other factors. I think like one of the big ones is definitely just like making a good product. I think mean, it probably yeah. applies to, to really any, any sort of like product, especially like a software product mm -hmm. these days. You know, if you build something that just works well, that's well designed, that just people enjoy, right. you know, they'll naturally like keep coming back to it and want to keep using it. Removing friction, gamification, those kind of elements. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I mean like to be, to be fair to you, you're, you're building a community, right? Like you're building a community maybe around uh, sports or, or betters, but, but you're adding this layer of, of uh, I guess the social layer that, that, maybe people don't get at a sports book, right? Because you're having this direct engagement with friends. Can you, can you get engagement with uh, like acquaintances? Like I, I guess, is it only you have to know the other person as a friend or is there ability to kind of like connect or friend uh, some random person that you, you know, on this platform? Yeah, you can absolutely connect with random people and like start betting with them. Uh, we're planning on kind of making that process simpler and simpler. So right now it's like, uh, it could be a little a bit easier than it is now. Um, and then even outside of just sort of like your standard one-on-one -on -one bets, uh, we built this uh, betting pool system where you can sort of, you know, uh, create your own rules and create uh, and have your own pool or join a bunch of these public pools that we've sort of mm. <laughs> pre-created for everyone to join. And those are actually like really popular. Uh, it's, it's really fun too. I think everyone has their own sort of like pool that they join, whether it's a master's pool or a March right. Madness bracket pool. I think I saw some like polling data, which indicated that the average American sports better joins about six to seven pools a year, which is wow. crazy yeah. high. And same uh, sport or, or across various I, sports? I, I, across all sports. And so, uh, you know, the, the thing about pools is that like any, you know, any of these six or seven pools a year would uh, would occur in all these different platforms. They'd be just uh, completely scattered. You know, you might go to CBS for your March Madness pool, and then you go, you know, you got to print off a piece of paper for the Oscars awards pick them, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, kind of like our long-term goal with the, the pool system we've built is to sort of like really consolidate that into like a single platform where no matter what your rules are, no matter you know what the pool's about, how the scoring system is set up, uh, you can you can run it you know through a single platform. And so right now, what we support is uh, pickums. So you can create like a pickum out of any number of different bets mm -hmm. or uh, or leagues. Where a league is you know the idea there is like okay, everyone starts off with a hundred dollars. You can only bet on NBA games this weekend, and whoever has the most money at the end wins. Yeah. 
Um, and so, and then longer term, you know, I think, you know, it's a, a lot of it is about hooking up new data sources to it Yeah. because, uh, really if you have the data, anything, you know, almost anything can be turned into like odds. Yeah. So, so what's fascinating to me is like a little bit of the dissonance around how these, you know, let's say friends, uh, you know, in a very loose term in this case, uh, they all like get on bet some win some lose but they all kind of come back and build community right and so like you can have people that get in get in there and have maybe a negative experience from like a a monetary gain or or again all the other kind of different things they might have to do but yet want to engage the community again like do you find that to be because of the betting because of the sports what what about this dissonance uh, uh do you have you all been able to kind of pick apart I think the key factor there is people love to compete. And so uh, when you sort of give them that opportunity to like compete, show off their skills, sports is like the perfect, you know, form of competition. And right. if you're not actually playing, betting is like the next best thing. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I know more about this team or this league or this matchup where I know what's going to happen and I can predict it better than anyone else. Uh, and so it really is just sort of like a, you know, one of the ultimate forms of competition. I think that's really what a lot of people get out of and why they like coming back and sort of like being part of like a community, community of people that are sort of competing against each other. Yeah. Whether or not there's any sort of actual incentive for them to win. A lot of the times uh, it's really just sort of like bragging rights, you know, climbing right. a leaderboard that's, uh, that's important to these folks. I, I know like one example that, you know, I've given to people in the past kind of related to this is like, if you look at like some of the, the larger video games and more successful video games, an example would be like League of Legends. The, if, if you look at like why they're so popular, it's their, they have like a great ranked play system mm -hmm. that incentivizes players to sort of climb their leaderboard. No matter who you are, you can climb the leaderboard. And, uh, and so I think like everyone wants to sort of like have that like social proof of like, Hey, I'm good at this. Right. And sort of, you know, if it's sort of like in their hands to like improve their standing related to everyone else, like, yeah, it's really fun to do that. And they'll keep coming back to do so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it made me think of this, but like, uh, someone once told me was like, you know, passion is just bullshit, right? Like passion is, is a human being's ability to like be just a little bit better than everybody else. And then like, you like the experience of bettering other people and, and to your point, the competition. And so then when you achieve that, then, oh, you're passionate about it, you know, quote unquote, and there's some kind of characteristic. And, and so it's almost like you're tapping, like if, if, if I can put words in your mouth a little bit, but correct me if I'm wrong, is to say that like competition breeds passion through this kind of ranking mechanism. Uh, and, 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 and you are able to kind of lever it up or lever it down so that no matter who you are at what level, you feel like, oh, I'm a little bit better than the next person. Exactly. And it's, it's not just I feel like I'm a little bit better. It's that combined with, hey, but, you know, there's still more room for me to grow. Like there's still like an up, you know, there's still like a way up that I can kind of uh, climb more and more. And so I think like, you know, allowing people to progress on a leaderboard, progress through the standings of a pool, whatever it is, I think uh, where they can realistically, you know, be near the top yeah. if they kind of like work at it and like keep coming back uh, is definitely a very powerful yeah. thing. You could argue then that what you're building is is a tool for human growth, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> personal and community wide. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, I. I I think of it more game-like than growth-like, but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, if you well, put it that way, it sounds really nice when you put it that way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I want to go back to, to a comment you made early on, which is like how NFL is, is so incredibly popular. And, and this was a discussion we had with another guest, uh, Chris Kennedy around like, what about the NFL makes it so much more popular than say soccer, which is what he's worked in all his life. And, and how like, there's probably more people that have played soccer growing up and have maybe more of an affinity for like the innate intricacies of soccer than football. Yet to your point, the NFL is King. Uh, so, so what have you found in your, in your data analytics or whatever that makes that you feel like makes the NFL way more popular than other leagues? I think in, in NFL, just the way the scoring is set up, I think uh, you, it feels like, okay, these aren't super high scoring games. It feels like there's a level of predictability to them. Um, number two, it's already even outside of the betting aspect. Uh, when you just look at viewership numbers, 
it's the most popular sport in the US, mm -hmm. uh, and which is where most of our users are. Uh, and then two, I think that it's, it's really dynamic. Like, you know, like a game can sort of like change on a dime and you sort of always have a chance. Uh, and so, you know, if a team's down two touchdowns in an NFL game, you know, there's still a reasonable chance for them to come back even mm -hmm. with only a few minutes left in play. Whereas if you're down, let's say 20 points in a, an NBA game, you know, with two minutes left, that's right. probably not going to happen. So, uh, you know, it's hard to compare perfectly, you know, different sports and the dynamics that make them exciting for people. Mm -hmm. But I, I think those are some of the factors. Pro probably the biggest really is just the fact that outside of a betting context, the NFL just is the most popular sport in this country. And so... Uh, is it fair to say what you're arguing for is like that parody... Uh, the ability to like always be competitive in some form or fashion. Again, back to your point, like you're always, okay, you can get a little bit better. You know, you can get a little bit better. You can reach that pinnacle, uh, even if you're the Houston Texans for <laughs> the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars, right? Yeah. I, I, I think like kind of maybe like an analogy to that might be like all, I rarely, if I've got a bet on an NFL game, will turn the game off early. It's got to be a pretty big blowout. Whereas an, an NBA game, I'm, you know, if it's a bit of a blowout, I, I'll turn, you know, even if I've got a bet on it, I might go and watch something else, you yeah. know, with this still a little bit of time left. Yeah. Maybe that's just me, but I think uh, I, I, I would be surprised if a lot of other folks didn't kind of like share similar opinions there. Well, so then like, maybe this is how we test it. Do you find college football to have the same level of popularity? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, not quite on the level of NFL, mm -hmm. uh, but college football is more in line with like the popularity of NBA. So right. like okay. professional is always more popular than, than college level. I think that kind of makes sense, you know, like mm -hmm. college sports, a lot of the, you know, the big fans there are gonna be the folks that went to that college. Whereas for professional, it's like anyone living in that city, which is just going to be Change. a much larger number yeah. of people. Yeah. Well, but, but then t to me, then that is a point in favor of parity, right? Because then college football, maybe even the NBA, it's, it's a little bit of the haves and haves nots, right? I, even though the NBA has a salary cap, like the players have been dictating where they go. And so like, you know, Charlotte has been bad forever because no one wants to play in Charlotte. Uh, and so the players, you know, force them their way out of that. New Orleans, same thing, you know? Uh, so, so, I'd almost argue that like, like the, the NFL will continue to kind of take, you know, have that Delta of popularity between itself and other sports because it's the only league, at least in the U S where there is that level of parity. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think, uh, you know, even if there isn't a level, the thing from like a betting context though, that can compensate for that a little bit is the fact that, you know, let's say you live in Charlotte and your team isn't very good. Uh, sometimes the, the only way to make the game interesting enough to where you want to watch it is to put a bet on it. And yep. so betting actually can reverse that a little bit. Um, you know, yeah, I in, love that. Yeah, in general, we see the like most, uh, you know, the most popular, the best teams are really the ones that people like to bet on. Um, but at the same time, every team gets some love in, in every, every sport. Like I, I was looking at some data the other day about the first couple of rounds of March Madness and I found that it was, I believe, Ohio State versus Loyola mm -hmm. was like by far the most popular game to bet on, uh, at least for us, which, uh, which is interesting because there was a lot of like big, like much yeah. better, you know, there's a seven versus a 10, you know, yeah. Dukes in the tournament, Kansas, you know, Arizona, you've got all these like great teams, um, Kentucky, I guess they lost, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting kind of seeing like, you know, it's not necessarily just the best team that people will go in. Right. So, so is it the storyline then, right? Doesn't Loyola have a, a nun or something yep. that what's, what's her name? Sister Jean. Sister Jean. It, she, she's like right. the, yeah. the team chaplain. Right. Right. Yeah. She's 90 she crushes something, it, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's there for every, apparently she sends like an email after every game to each player, like with her oh, like analysis. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And like you, you like you better pay attention. It's like evangelizing basketball in a sense, right? Exactly. Wow, that's, that's impressive. Okay, so so uh I I'm, I guess I'm trying to like think cuz cuz you just you just made a point that I think is very is it was worth repeating, which is like with betting now you can 
you can cre- potentially create parity to a certain extent. Uh, what's the next step then to do that? Leveraging bidding. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think uh, really where where you can kind of like create the parity, at least in my mind, is by offering betting on more than just sports. So I think like, you know, you know, you create this level of parity when you know you can bet on something and you've got, uh, you know, but you know your your team isn't as good and people otherwise wouldn't be as interested. And I think there's other certain kind of like you know, uh, activities and events that occur all throughout your day, every day, that might be more of, you know, one of the more mundane aspects of your life or your day. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you add a little bit of betting in there and now that's kind of like on the same level of parody as, you know, some of the more exciting aspects like watching, uh, your team play or, you know, watching an exciting basketball game or something. And, you know, it can just take so many different forms. I'm going to, I'm going to beat the parody dead horse a little bit more. Uh, I feel like I've been hammering this point, so I apologize. But, but as you're talking, I'm I'm like thinking of ideas, which is a testament to what you're creating kind of the story uh, of, of what's behind it. But like, is there a cross between sports betting and NIL? And maybe this is so hyper illegal that like this, this episode will get shut down, but like that, that basically says like, Hey, uh, if Loyola Chicago is producing this, generating this much revenue through betting services that we can funnel into NIL deals that promotes them as a, uh, promotes their ability to, to pay players, uh, in a better way through NIL that you legitimately could create parity in a, in a, in kind of a college basketball or any other landscape. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, in order for you to do that, you know, the fan base or the betters would need to be betting on those smaller teams at a similar rate to some of the larger teams. So you could actually kind of do the opposite if if that doesn't happen. Um, and you know, basically, you're funneling more money to the to the larger teams. At the same time, I I know the the leagues are very weird about how you know they want to. Uh, regulate and manage like betting and to what extent they want to be hands-on with uh the sports betting operators and what and to what extent they want to be hands-off with them yeah uh and so uh, you know it's it, it also gets into kind of like a weird spot on the legal side and so really it, <laughs> talk about a regulatory nightmare oh uh, yeah betting, big time. betting to pay for nil to pay college athletes yeah. yeah and so really the folks that you know would be more concerned with stuff like that would be like the the big operators you know your fan duel draft kings uh, mgm you know they're the ones where you know they're bringing in so much in handle amount bet yeah that you know the leagues are going to be saying and already have said to them hey like we want a cut of this if you're betting on our service you uh you need to you know you need you know we need to be dealt in here and yeah. uh and so seeing kind of like where that goes over the next few years will be very interesting but i think kind of like the angle we're taking to to things and uh is isn't as uh it doesn't make that aspect of it as much of a concern luckily because yeah. uh the the licensing and regulation aspect of everything is is really difficult. Yeah, yeah. No, good, good on y'all. Uh, <laughs> so, is there is there? And I'm I'm gonna ask a, a potentially ignorant question, but what's the like blockchain, crypto, metaverse play here? So yeah, the the way it works in the U.S. is so back in 2018, the federal government um, or the Supreme Court lifted the federal ban on sports betting, which allowed individual states to legalize it. And so what we've seen since then is sort of like this initial wave of states that have gone and legalized sports betting. Um, if you live in a state that doesn't have legal sports betting, then you can't go to a FanDuel or a DraftKings and bet on sports. Uh, however, there are other companies like Bet Online or Bravada, which are hosted overseas mm-hmm. uh, on a website. And so those websites, you know, if you're American, you can access those websites and you can go and bet on them. Uh, and those are generally crypto, you know, a lot of them, you know, your bank isn't going to let you use your debit card or your credit card to go and like deposit money there. Like you could, if, um, you were doing so with FanDuel. Uh, and so, uh, generally people will go and use like crypto to pay for those. And what the state governments have come out saying is that, Hey, if you've done business, uh, with, if, if you're basically op- done business with or are operating as one of these offshore sports books, as they're called, because they're not licensed in the U.S., mm-hmm. then and you're reaching an American audience, then 
we're never going to grant you a license here in the States. Like you've kind of taken the like legal gray area approach and we're not going to let you switch, change your mind and go to like the, you know, green area. Right. And so, uh, the, uh, you know, it, it's, a. Uh, it's definitely a that kind of makes it a very risky play to take the the crypto based approach because that really would be the kind of play in in this sort of situation is you could facilitate real money wagers through a site hosted offshore and accept payments through crypto but again you're really closing your business off mm -hmm. uh, by doing so because you know once you go down that path you can't really go back and so there's certainly like a very um, interesting angle there, you know, to facilitate, you know, the actual cash transactions on the betting um, with that. But, but overall, I think our uh, sort of like what we're trying to do is really just trying to like change the, the sort of sports betting industry into the betting industry. And I think in order to do so, we want to offer, you know, we, we, don't th we don't think we need to have a platform that's facilitating real money bets with real money uh, wagering transactions, especially when you're betting socially, you just you just don't need that. You and your friend can agree like what right. your bets represent, uh, and so I think like taking that approach, we can sort of like open up what we're doing to such a larger audience that uh, that at least thus far the crypto sort of play hasn't really made as much sense for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Although I, as as you were talking through this, I was thinking like I I know there have been times with my friends where I'm like, no, in sixth grade, I bet you this, and I won, and I want that forever in the blockchain. You know, like I want that. I want to go back and be able to point at that and say, no, I was right. I mean, is 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 that too simplistic, or is that something that like there's a value to that? No, yeah, I I think it's something you know we've sort of looked at before. Like you know, it doesn't need to be decentralized for it to be you know for you to like earn value out of that. I think you would earn the value out of that for there just to be any sort of ledger or record of that bet. It doesn't necessarily have to be a decentralized record of that bet. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, I think like. Uh, cool. And another cool angle would be sort of like betting for NFTs. So if like when you create a bet that mints an NFT, that, which is what you're betting for, it does sort of add this non-monetary independent sort of like reward that you're betting for. Uh, and so that's something that I think kind of in the future, I've been thinking about kind of looking more into and yeah. saying like, hey, like, would this resonate with yeah. with our our user base? But but uh, it doesn't sound like you need it right now. Exactly, right? I mean, got, it's, it's not got sort a of lot like a of core. other functionalities. Yeah, that that'll be pretty cool. Actually, to that point, what is the next functionality y'all are trying to integrate into the app? So yeah, the next one we're trying to add is what I call it custom bets. So right now it's sort of the same level of service you receive in a sports book. So you go on there, you browse sort of a menu of bets, you decide what you want to bet on. And then we, uh, you know, we will grade the bet. You know, show you the score of the game. Okay, you won this bet. You lost this bet. Um, but the the issue when you're doing those sorts of bets is a lot of people have like random bets that they would come up with, and mm. so it might be something more personal, like, hey, I bet I can run a mile in under seven minutes. Uh, and so, uh, you know, there's no way for us to know who won and who lost. Like you have to sort of self grade that bet. Right. And so that's, um, the kind of like next step is we want to allow people not just to bet on the menu of options we've provided them, but to be able to come up with their own betting options. And so we're going to add that. But then I think another like, interesting, uh, angle to that that we're, we're looking at right now is like, what if some of these could be like more widely applicable? So like, what if it's like, Hey, who is going to get uh, kicked off of this week's episode of The Bachelor. Well, someone could come up with that bet idea and here are like the options and uh, that's not just applicable to them and their friend that they proposed this bet to. That could be applicable to everyone. Yeah. And so uh, through that sort, you know, by being able to like flag bets in that way, uh, we can sort of like create this like crowdsource system of betting options that extend well beyond what you'd find in a sports book because the end of the day sports books lose a bunch of money if they don't set the odds correctly right and so uh so they're not you know something where there's going to be inside information like a tv show that's a perfectly valid bet for you and i right but 
some people will have inside information, so therefore a sports book can't offer that. Story. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit like Web3 where we're uh, angled to this where it's like, I can come up with a bet that yes, you and I play, but I also maybe can become the house, right? And I can share this with other, com- you know, other parts of the community uh, for them to bet on, uh, and maybe I get a cut, right? Uh, kind of thing. You're right, exactly. Yeah, and it, it sort of like creates this this ecosystem where you know your people are contributing content, people are consuming content, people are interacting with each other, and I think at the end of the day, that's kind of the key that we're trying to like hit at in terms uh, in terms of sort of as I was saying before, like creating more of like a betting market rather than like a sports betting market. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just love that. Like we spent, I don't know, maybe let's say the last 45 minutes talking about sports betting, but in that time we have like, we have developed concepts around human growth and development, <laughs> right. Uh, and advancement uh, of us as individuals. We've talked about community building and, and being able to like share in a, in a common kind of goal or a common entity building an ecosystem. Uh, we've talked about gateway drugs and, and, and abuse, but that's <laughs> all, all these different like lenses of, of, of human interaction, like a very, basic human desires uh, around this. And so I I love that you've been able to like tap on it, it, tap into that, but in in a more kind of friendly way and and the ability to kind of like share this uh, with, well, not just your friends, but like a a whole new community uh, of people. Uh, There's no question of this. I just like find it astonishing as I'm writing notes here that like it's it's really, I never thought of sports betting in that lens. Yeah. And, And it's, it's at the end of the day, it's just like fun too. Like I really enjoy actually working on it, but but also like that's one of the driving goals that we have, at least for, for what we're building is just make it fun, you know, make it yeah. engaging. If people enjoy it, then, you know, building a business out of it becomes uh, quite easy. And yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, making sure you just talk to people and figure out what is it you're looking for has really been one of the keys to for us in terms of like just making a, a platform that's fun. Yeah. Iterate until you perfect and then monetize the perfection. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm an engineer by trade. So like every conversation needs to have some kind of big takeaway or some action item, uh, given what we've kind of run through, what would you say is, is your big takeaway or your big action item? Um, in terms of just kind of like what we've discussed, like some, some interesting takeaways, uh, I would say probably, that, uh, you know, when you, there's a lot of stuff that's, that's obvious in hindsight. I think some of the things related to like human emotions and how that might affect something like sports and sports betting. It's like, when we talk about it here, you know, we've already observed like these trends and like, they're kind of obvious in hindsight, but like, until you actually like dive in into it and figure it out, like you really don't know. And so I think like, I think, uh, really, uh, you know, one thing I would hit on is like, just because, you know, it works in theory or it makes sense in theory is like, it might not work in, in practice or make mm-hmm. sense in practice. And I think like, we've definitely, you know, a lot of the things like I've even discussed, like, aren't always true in every, every sort of situation, whether it's, you know, related to like how people will bet, you know, what sports they're betting on, or, you know, correlations between different sports they're betting on or things like that, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I think like you can learn a lot from like data and, uh, you know, you can only really obtain that data if you just sort of like get going. And so yeah. I think that's definitely to me in terms of like coming to all these conclusions and ideas that like, I was just kind of like discussing with you. Um, I think really what the, you know, the way that the most fruitful and effective way to kind of like get to this point where like, okay, we know this and that and that and that is really just to like start and just like get going and start talking to people and just collect whether that data is through an actual product or whether that's data, that data is through just talking to people. I think um, that's the best way to, to really learn. That's um, awesome. Rather than just theorizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, quite frankly, it, and and I know this is this is going to sound like a cop out to you, but like uh, my takeaway was that exactly that it was like how how we can we can talk about these big human societal emotions and 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 like in uh, the way we we the psychology the growth the everything we've we've discussed, but it all kind of filters down to this like data and, and analysis of like trends and being able to determine to say, Hey, yeah, no, if, if we look at human beings in this lens, we kind of see this interaction. Uh, and, and it's, it's, it's scientific, uh, more so than just emotional. 
You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's there's always outliers, but you know you could definitely find really interesting trends. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. At least for me, it is anyway. Uh, it sounds like for you too. Oh, absolutely. So uh, we'll, we'll wrap up with a quick lightning round. Since I'm from Argentina, I grew up playing soccer. I call it the penalty shootout. Quick, a uh, few questions that we ask all our guests. We can dive as deep into them as you want or as shallow. Uh, no big deal. They're pretty easy, I hope. Uh, but we'll start with the best purchase under fifty bucks. Best purchase under 50 bucks for me would be my dog. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I've, I've got a, I got like a, a rescue. I think I, I paid $20 for to actually get her it was like the fee at the, the shelter. And she's like amazing. Uh, I, I will never again, not have a dog now that like I have it. Like I never Did you grew, grew up, up with a dog. Never had a dog growing up. And now that I like, have my first dog, I'm like, how did I live all of my life without a dog? <laughs> but what, what about what about the dog? Like, touches you this oh, deep? She, she's just like so nice, like loves people, super fun, like always, just like wanting, like you know, dogs like they want to like have fun, and they're just such like happy spirits that it's just sort of like it always just like brightens my day being around her. And what I love too is like. Dogs always seem like they, they're dying to understand English or like just like human language. <laughs> like I can just tell whenever I just like start talking that she's just like trying she like so hard to understand exactly what I'm saying, but just can't do it. Talk about a weird human psychological trait. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Uh, it was, you know, it's funny. It was like, I, and, and as I'm looking over here, like Melissa uh, on our team, uh, it makes fun of me because like I'm not a huge pet person. Like mm -hmm. I grew up, you know, where it, and maybe this is a, a, an Argentine thing, but like, like animals are animals and they stay outside. And and like people will go crazy about their 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 pets. And and I've never felt that. Um, however, that said, I I do recognize that in in like that human being to dog interaction that that is very evident and doesn't apply to probably any other pet, right? Any other animal uh, beyond that. You're absolutely right. Cause I think like dogs have evolved uh, to, you know, as sort of like these scavengers that, hey, if I stick around these humans here, they'll give me some food. And so in order for them to survive, like they, you know, it's dependent on them uh, understanding human emotion. And so I think like an animal that's like actually evolved to understand human yeah. emotion, you know, creates this like really special sort of like connection with us. That's not, at least how yeah, I, that, I think about it. That's funny. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, now I'm going to go home and like look at my dog and be like, I know you're tricking me. I know like, I know that's all you want. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. What's your favorite productivity hack? Um, favorite productivity hack for me is probably, uh, I, this might sound super basic, but it's probably like using the starred function on Gmail. It I makes don't even it, know what this is. So yeah, like on Gmail, you can just go and like star an email. Oh, star. I thought you said start. Okay. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, star. Yeah. And so uh, I, I don't know why it took me forever to realize that I would like move emails into different, like uh, into different folders and things like that to try to categorize. But like now all I do is like, oh, is this something I want to reply to? or that's important, like I'll star it with like one of like three stars. You can make like different stars. <laughs> and uh, that to me has been just like a lifesaver. Like it just like helps me get through my inbox so much more. Are you like an inbox zero kind of guy? That like Not an inbox zero kind of yeah. guy, but just at least the kind of guy where it's like, if you send me an email, um, I'll, you know, I'll actually respond to that email. It's, you know, whether it's within a day or two, ideally, mm -hmm. or within like a week or two, like I'll always respond. Now I'll get a lot of emails that aren't really like a very personal email, you know, something mm -hmm. that's sort of like blasted out that I might find interesting that will never let my inbox get to zero. That yeah. would be amazing if it ever did. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it's like getting through emails definitely, uh, it's a trying like a, part of life in modern society, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big stressor, but also a big reward if you can uh, right. leverage the star feature. Apparently. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's, a, what's a new sport that you, might, that you just recently heard of? Um, a new sport? I heard of one the other day where it's like, I, I, I want to say it's like in like an Eastern European country. It's like... Um, all these guys riding around on horses and they're trying to, I think like throw like a dead goat at like a goal. 
I cannot remember the name, but what? I saw like a YouTube video. Of it. Yeah, it's the some most like gruesome like sport. game of polo. Yeah, yeah, it's like polo, but with a dead goat. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's, it's been like it was a few weeks ago that like I saw this, so I'm, I'm not remembering it correctly. But it honestly seemed super interesting. There's this, um, uh, there's this like really interesting like YouTube video I saw on it. Um, that's uh, a dangerous rabbit hole for me though, is like finding some <laughs> random topic on YouTube and just like dive right into it. The other week it was like beekeeping. I found all these like beekeeping videos. It's actually like, the world of beekeeping is surprisingly interesting, but a rabbit hole that I've got to Well, okay, avoid. quick, quick, like give me the quick <laughs> bit, like big hitters about beekeeping. Well, well, I started with like actually looking at, so like with beekeeping, like Apparently, I've never done it before. I've just watched some YouTube videos. Well, you're There's an expert now. Yeah. The, uh, so like the big thing you have to like worry about is like your hive gets what's called like Africanized because like Africanized bees are extremely aggressive and they'll go and like attack anyone that comes near their hive. So if you'll see like normal hives, like the like you don't even need like a beekeeping suit. So these people will go walk up and like, right. hey, check out all these bees. And, like they don't even have a suit on. But then if like the hive is like Africanized, it will like, they can't come where anywhere near the hive like that. They'll like, even with their suit on, they'll be like, you know, thousands of bees just constantly stinging them. And then that even led me down the rabbit hole of like, okay, what's even more aggressive than that? Which is those, <laughs> those uh, killer hornets or uh, uh -huh. murder hornets. Do you remember that was like, in yeah, that was like a thing during the, yeah, yeah, the pandemic. Those yeah. are intense. Like the suits, if you ever like look up on YouTube, like the suits that people need to, uh, uh, dawn in order to like get anywhere near these hives or yeah. like a beekeeping suit on steroids. They're just like insane. Um, I want to be able to bet on beekeeping right? uh, yeah. or killer hornets of some sort, whether they become, I don't know. I don't know. You figure that out. <laughs> There's always a betting angle. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's true. Uh, all right. Last one. What's your favorite sports quote or favorite sports moment? Um, I would say favorite sports moment, at least recent one would be, Tiger Woods winning the Masters uh, the other year. I, I think it was just like so cool to see him like growing up, like he was always just sort of like uh, an icon to me. I like, yeah. always loved watching like him versus Phil Mickelson. And then, um, you know, he was plagued with all his issues and injuries and everything. And so to see him like kind of like come back to the sport and then like win you know, the pinnacle of golf, the masters was amazing. And then now have that like sort of tragic, like car crash, which is mm -hmm. sort of like ended his career again. There's like a small part of me that's like holding out hope that maybe Tiger will, you know, win another masters yeah, again yeah. in the future. You never know with him cause he's just such a competitor. But, uh, but seeing that a few years ago is pretty awesome. Yeah. Those storylines, man, that's, that's, that's how you get the pop build popularity in any sport. Huh? Oh yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, William. This sure has been thing. awesome. Uh, kind of a, a, a sneak or peek behind the curtain of like sports betting and, and how it affects, you know, all aspects of, of human psychology and so on and so forth. I want to thank Jack Brain behind the cameras, the magician, our research assistants, Austin Escamilla and Jared Plank. Uh, our guests in the background that were distracting is all get out. Uh, uh, but it was, it was really, really fun to kind of have this discussion with you and really looking forward to uh, how Wager Lab grows. So how can how can people get in touch with you or Wager Lab or interact? Yeah, yeah. My email is William at wagerlab.app. And yeah, you can check us out. Our website's wagerlab.app, or you can just search Wager Lab, all one word, uh, on the App Store and go check it out, try it out, and um, feel free to shoot me an email if you have any feedback or thoughts on it. Awesome. Well, thanks. This has been uh, a great time here at the Cannes Sports, the only sports innovation hub in all of the U.S. Uh, looking forward to celebrating the human experience a little more uh, through sports innovation and, and culture. And so until next time. 